In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 29 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Joining me today is returning guest, Adrian Espinoza. Adrian, how you been? I've been good. How are you doing, bro? I've been good too, you know, just playing some playing some stuff. Got finished with uh, Resident Evil 2 just in time for this. Been jumping into yeah. some uh, Devil May Cry 5, my first DMC game, which has been a blast. So it's uh, it's been good. What have you been playing lately? Basically, Apex and Resident Evil 2 have taken over my life. Yeah. But I got some time in to play uh, the original Dead Island, so that was kind of a fun little kind of break. Yeah. I haven't been in that game in years. Uh, how does it hold up now? So visually, it actually holds up pretty well. I was kind of amazed on how good it looked. I know yeah. it's like the, I think it's like the the definitive edition. I think there was like some changes done to it. But honestly, I was pretty amazed at how it looked in terms of the mechanics. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing about that game was always it's like kind of picking up objects and fighting with melee weapons. Oh, I love that. And like crafting, just like, you know, adding like just nails like to a wild, or something. Yeah, you can just start doing wild combinations. That part was easily the best part of it. The worst part of it was the shooting. I've never played a game with such bad shooting mechanics. Oh. It, was, <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. Thankfully, I was not the character, because you can pick characters and they have different stats, right? Mm-hmm. I happened to just go for the guy that had like the best, if I remember correctly, he had like the best melee stats. So it was already just like perfect for me to just continue sticking to just beating the heck out of zombies yeah. or whatever it may be with just like all these crazy instruments. Um, so I didn't really use guns too much. But when I did, dude, oh my gosh. Bad. Besides that, the game was honestly pretty good. And I'm pretty amazed at how much I enjoyed it for it being like a seven-year-old game. Yeah, I I did definitely didn't beat the game, but I did play through a good portion of the first half. And it was it was good. I mean, at the time, it felt like it was pretty fresh just being able to like yeah. craft stuff on the go and like it was just really run and gun kind of like gameplay especially with like melee weapons and stuff it was it was fun it was a good time that's did pretty they, that's uh, probably the best summary it's yeah, a good time it's a good time did they ever come out what what were they working on was it riptide so riptide did, came out okay I remember, I remember that came out it was it was supposed to be dead island like two okay so just the next installment in the franchise mm-hmm. and i guess okay. it got like this crazy stuff happened where I remember it's like they were supposed to be close to finishing the game and bringing it out, and it got to the point where you can pre-order it. You can yeah. go to Walmart and pre-order the game, and that was like three years ago, I think. Right. And it's still there. Like You could still pre-order the game. Yeah, it still it says TBA. So. Mm-hmm. And then so I was looking at some articles, and they were saying sometime last year, uh, I think like mid-2018, that they're, they're definitely still trying to figure it out. So it's like it sounds like it's in production hell, essentially. Yeah, because that was like shown off, I think, at 2014 E3. So it's been a long time. Yeah, dude. Damn. Well, we may never see that, but uh, who knows? There's there's been plenty. There's been plenty of good zombie games. We got a we got Days Gone right around the corner, which is looking more promising 
the more Honestly, content I see. I've been very much looking forward to it since I saw the first one at E3, that first trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been like kind of quiet about it because I don't know what to expect, and I'm trying to keep it that way. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm I think just really hoping it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah, I saw it initially and was like, this looks like a bunch of stuff we've already played, which is kind of like the consensus right now is, you know, it's doing a lot of stuff that you have done in other games, but it's like it looks like the perfect blend of like comfort food in terms of like yeah. a game just because it's all familiar. But it's like, you know, there's still some new aspects there, but it's mostly stuff you've already done, but just in a different setting with, you know, different types of zombies and, and whatever. And you got the whole motorcycle element, too. So uh, I was not Im- honestly expecting much from the game. I was expecting this to be like the first flop for Sony in you know, the last few years. But I actually think it might end up being a good game. So pleasantly surprised by Here's the uh, footage. Yep. Um, I have also been playing Steam World Heist lately, which is uh, it's an older game. I, on the I, Switch? I, on the Switch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played any of the Steam World games before? I downloaded the first one, if I remember correctly. I think it was a PS Plus exclusive. It was, yeah. Steam World yeah. Dig, the first one. Mm. You Have you jumped in there? No, dude. Okay, so <laughs> it's totally in my catalog. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's definitely like a, a a back burner game, but it is it's super fun. It's like considering it's on Switch though, I could I could probably dig into it there if that's the case. Dig into it. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, so the I don't know if the sale's still going on, but the uh, original Steam World Dig was on sale on Switch uh, for two ninety nine, and oh then uh, Steam World Dig two, which was one of my favorite games of the Switch's launch year in twenty seventeen. That was honestly like one of my top 10 games of that entire year, just overall um, in a year that had Horizon and Breath of the Wild. Uh, SteamWorld Dig was on my list. SteamWorld Dig 2, rather. Um, that's on sale for 10 bucks, or I don't know if it still is, but it was. And so then what Steam- is Heist? So Heist is a completely separate game. So SteamWorld Dig is kind of like a uh, the, the whole feedback loop or the, the gameplay loop of that is like you're digging down, you're getting loot. And then you're bringing that stuff back up to the surface, turning it back in, upgrading your stuff so you can get and deeper. Just going right back in. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the 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 cool part of it is you have like a lantern down there and it the light slowly starts to burn out. So you can't be down there indefinitely and you only have a limited amount of storage you can carry stuff back mm. to the surface with. So there's like this risk reward element and there's enemies down there that you got to fight and upgrades and stuff. So it's a it's a good game. The second one's a little bit more of like a Metroidvania where you're backtracking, you're getting upgrades, more upgrades, finding secrets and stuff. Um really really fun. SteamWorld Heist, completely different game. It's like a basically a 2D uh tactical like strategy game. Uh but the cool mechanic is you move your characters basically, you know, kind of like XCOM where you you move them to a specific specific spot and then shoot. Um but it's all 2D, so there's no grid or anything. Uh, but all of the weapons have like a ricochet mechanic. So you basically have a gun. Uh, there's like shotguns. They have like, you know, pistols. They have grenade yeah. launchers, a bunch of different types of guns. And they all have different ammunition that does different things. So a lot of the pistols will have like a, a ricochet that can bounce off walls. So if you have an enemy, it's 2D. So it looks kind of like a platformer in a sense. If you have an enemy hiding behind something, but there's a wall above him, you can bank the bullets off the walls and and like re- basically reach around and hit him from yeah. the back and kill him, which is kind of cool. And and then you're basically just looting. I think the levels are procedural, so you go into these different like small missions. You're you're going back, gathering loot, trying to get as much as you can and get out um, while maintaining your your party. And then you get upgrades and stuff. So 
it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it was on sale for six bucks, and I've had my eye on it for a while. Um, but man, I love that series of games that they're making, and they just announced Steam World Quest um, earlier this year. Yeah, there's like a an, <clears throat> an indie event that happened earlier this year. Nintendo showed off Steam World Quest, which is going to be like a 2D action RPG card based game. So, so they're like basically a- just making all these games in the same universe. Yeah, and they all have the same kind of like art aesthetic of like these steampunky robots. They're like very cartoony and stylized looking, but mm-hmm. like also look very good. Like the the graphics look really nice. It almost looks like it's hand drawn in a sense too. So um, very very good. But if I had to make a recommendation, jump into SteamWorld Dig at least the the first one since you have it already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. But but number two is is stellar. It's a very very good game. Um, all right. Well, before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. I am on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast, on Twitter at IYE podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad free. Gain a Patreon exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related questions that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. So uh, the first story that we've got up for news is a super rumor, uh, but I'd still like to chat about the possibilities that it would bring to current and next-gen consoles. So yesterday, there was this rumor that broke Um, that was regarding Sony expressing interest in acquiring Take-Two Interactive for a large sum of cash. Uh, Sony has since responded saying there is no such plan. So who knows if this is just them covering what could potentially be the largest gaming acquisition of all time until more details are ironed out. Keep in mind, Take-Two is responsible for Rockstar Games, which includes Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. They also own 2K Games, which is responsible for the 2K sports titles, Bioshock, Borderlands, XCOM, Mafia, and more. With that being said, Adrian, I wanted to get your take on this rumor. What if Sony was looking to purchase Take-Two? I mean, dude, it's it's pretty wild, but could you imagine like... <laughs> could you could you imagine six years from now or however long it takes? Let's say the next GTA is coming and it's exclusive to PlayStation. That would be what? like such a huge blow what? to the other consoles. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly so hard to wrap my head around what that would do to the industry because Grand Theft Auto is such a money maker, and like that game is huge, still making so much money on a like month to month basis. It's like insane how much revenue they're generating. Uh, so if Sony had that, I am curious if they would keep it for themselves and just really incentivize people to get into the PlayStation ecosystem or if they would like let that one be cross-platform still because of how big of an impact it has financially for them. So that I I'm looking at it more on the perspective of take two side. Like I'm trying to think of why I would let myself get bought out in that sense, because if I'm publishing to multiple platforms like that, yeah, like dude, that's such like they have it in the bag, right? They they have it all. They they right. every game they put out, like it's going everywhere. They're making an insane amount of money. So, what's the true incentive of only sticking to one console? 
Right. There isn't you know I mean? any. <laughs> there, there truly isn't. Like there truly isn't. And then if that was the case, let's say there let's say there was for them, and obviously we just don't know it. Uh dude, whatever cash like offer, oh my gosh. Yeah, it would have to be massive. Oh my god. That's gotta yeah. be insane. Yeah, but Sony's got money, dude. They got no, money. They do. I mean, no, they're yeah. besides PlayStation as a brand, they're also a, a huge consumer electronics company. So they have revenue coming in from TVs, from the movie studios that they own. Like they're they're a massive entity, and like if they definitely could pull this off, but I mean, will it happen? I doubt it. I really do think this is just like a rumor that somehow made its way up to the surface and has no real meat behind it, but. Man, I mean, it's it interesting that since the yeah. market, like, yeah, it's definitely interesting to like speculate on what would happen. And it's interesting because Xbox seems to be going in the complete opposite direction. They just announced yesterday that they're bringing uh, Xbox Live to iOS and Android. So you're going to yeah. basically be able to tie your achievements across multiple platforms. Um, I imagine it's going to be coming to Switch. There's been rumors recently that Xbox Live will be coming to Switch in some fashion. Uh, it's it, it's separate from Game Pass, right? This is just Xbox Live as an achievement and friends group party system. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they're clearly trying to go and get their services on as many devices as possible. And then they've got their whole xCloud idea of being able to stream Microsoft games to any device you're on. If you've got your phone with you, you can play Halo, the next Halo Infinite game on your phone using a controller streaming over xCloud like the... They so are. Wild. It's wild, man. And that's clearly where the future's at is streaming. You know, Google is going to be talking about their their next game console or their first game console rather uh, at GDC. They already been teasing that. So they're entering the market now and they're going to be heavily streaming focused. So it's weird that Sony, again, probably not going to happen. But if they did, that they're like in this antiquated way of thinking of let's acquire these big studios and make exclusives for our platform where the market's going to be eventually shifting to we don't really have a dedicated platform. We just want to play all the stuff anywhere. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is though, like future wise, that makes way more sense. What you just said. Totally. I, I was kind of wondering like if this was a possibility, I mean, their exclusives have been amazing for them. Obviously. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's I mean, been their biggest like triumph, I think in the last, you know, few years. Yeah, I mean, they, they have clearly won this generation based on those exclusives alone, really pushing that hardware. I, so I wonder if it's like thinking with that same mindset. But I don't yeah. know, because you're totally right. I mean, things are always changing, and it's mm -hmm. like you can only do that for so long. You're going to have to think about what's next, essentially, being mm -hmm. a step ahead. That's true. Uh, speaking of what's next, uh, another interesting piece of information that cropped up earlier this week is a statement from Dark Souls creator Hidetaka Miyazaki, who said, These games are definitely fun, and we're interested in the patterns they are taking. If we did it, it might be different, but we're definitely interested, and there's definitely that possibility in the future. We'd love to take a crack at them someday. So he was being interviewed in regards to a Battle Royale game uh, in the Dark Souls universe, or in the vein oh. of Dark Souls games, uh, Bloodborne or Sekiro shadows die twice it comes out soon um interesting idea adrian what are your thoughts on a potential multiplayer focused dark souls game listen there are no thoughts to this this is a fact 
take my money now. You know what I mean? Like I would, oh, yeah. dude, I would freaking love that. I really would. And I'm not like, I'm not boasting on myself that I'm like the greatest Bloodborne or Dark Souls player. Like mm-hmm. I've, I beat, I've beaten only two of the games in, you know, their series of games. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's like, dude, I, I love the aesthetic and the way that those games are so, so much. I would mm-hmm. do anything to play like, a third person like Dark Souls, you know, or Bloodborne, whichever yeah. one doesn't matter, uh, yeah. or something new, even different and new, and a blood like a battle royale style where I can constantly progress on my character, you know, through mm-hmm. something like a battle pass or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like, dude, I'm I'm all in for that. Jeez. So I have I have been thinking about this since that rumor came out, and I feel like I've envisioned a possibility where they could do a Dark Souls type game in a Destiny style. Um, but without the guns, of course, more of like a a sword focused combat or axe or whatever weapons that they want to use, but yeah. more melee focused and almost almost like a Monster Hunter um, approach to the game. Um, you know, Monster Hunter World, where you've got a team of people playing online together, working to take down these giant, you know, big bosses that Dark Souls franchise is so famous for these like huge, massive set piece bosses. Uh, working together, getting loot, going back, you know, getting upgraded weapons and stuff, coming back out and fighting more stuff. I feel like that would work extremely well. What I can't wrap my head around is how they would pull off a battle royale. Like how how what do you what do you think a Dark Souls battle royale game would even look like? I could I could think of it like it essentially there's you know there's the landscape, which to be honest, that's what I'd be really excited to see, like what they could do with the map. Mm, yeah like what they could possibly kind of place in there because Mm -hmm. it'd be cool to think about the fact that there are traps everywhere little Mm. things that you wouldn't realize that could hurt you um obviously you're going to be some sort of you know maybe you can pick the type of uh of of fighter that you want to be or warrior kind of like in the dark souls type of style or it could be more along like bloodborne how you're you're a specific person but there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different weapons. And I mean, it's the same for both, but like how Bloodborne, you have different weapons that transform and they have different right. abilities that you could do. It could be cool to think about like maybe we're all hunters in that sense. And mm-hmm. we have like these different weapons that could get us, you know, to a better advantage against our opponents. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how it would work in terms of squads. Um, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's possible, but I, I in terms of like the objective, it'd be cool to think that it's maybe more than just like, oh, the last person standing. It'd right. It'd be cool to think that there's like en- maybe like enemies um, around the map or like harder enemies like bosses. And if you yeah. defeat them, you get better loot, which can help you defeat other players in the process. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Kind of like when Fortnite would drop in those like PvE vp events Mm -hmm. like where they have like the different stuff spawning in and you can fight that and get you know weapons off of them quickly totally and you could totally troll people you know what i mean like if they're aiming to get up one of those like more harder enemies uh Mm -hmm. you can troll somebody and wait for them to roll up on them and your squad can just roll up on that other squad trying to take down the boss or stuff like that like little things like that i i think it's possible i think because we've never seen anything like it it's hard to wrap our brain completely around it Right, like how that I, would actually pan out. Like, yeah, the real look of it. But dude, mm-hmm. I I feel like that's such a fresh thing. I would do. be I'd be all in. I mean, I I'm not even a huge fan of the Souls series. Like I've played Bloodborne. I think I got through the first like 
two bosses. I got through Father G after that, and I like the next area. I just stopped playing. Haven't gone back. Not that I didn't like it. I just something else came up, and I never went back. So yeah, um, and I've never played any of the Dark Souls games. So this is uh, I, I but I do enjoy the like difficulty combat and just how punishing all that is, and the the mechanical like approach to everything being so like meticulous, not going in there and just hacking and slashing. Mm-hmm. There's this weird beauty to to their games, like in terms of how you play it, and then their visual art, like their art style. It's something so unique. It'd be cool to think mm-hmm. about how that could morph into a battle rail. Obviously, there's possibilities, you know, beyond like possibilities on possibilities on how it could be. But dude, I yeah. would be all in. Yeah, I I think it's it. I mean, it sounds like they're interested in it. It's something that they would be down to explore. So I mean. Who knows? This might be the next thing that we get out of the uh, Dark Souls franchise. So exciting stuff, man. Well, uh, let's turn it over to our feature discussion, which is the review cast for Resident Evil 2. Uh, So Resident Evil 2 launched in late January to raving critical reception. Currently, the game is sitting in the low 90s on Metacritic, making it one of the highest rated games of 2019 so far. This has been a shock to just about everyone, with the game exceeding expectations for just about everyone who played it. Adrian, I wanted to review this game with you because between the two of us, we've got an interesting background with Resident Evil. We've both played a handful of them, mostly the newer titles after Resident Evil 4, so our nostalgia is not great for the series, as it is for most people who are playing this game. Uh, With that being said, I've never played Resident Evil 2 back on PlayStation 1, uh, and neither have you, it sounds like, so this was basically a brand new game for both of us. So uh, I want to begin by talking about the actual gameplay uh, in this one. So the remake ditches the old tank controls that were notoriously difficult to maneuver with in the original and modernizes it with a third-person over-the-shoulder view. What are your takeaways for the overall gameplay of Resident Evil 2? Uh, I think I think the gameplay is what drew me in before anything else. Because like once I got it and started playing it, I think that's the thing that stuck to me and made me like, oh man, I want to keep playing this. Because I, just to be completely honest, if it was that tank style, I probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, I think uh, that I know, wouldn't work well now. Yeah, I know a lot of people it worked for them because it it made the situation, you know, that much more tense and mm-hmm. you start getting stressed out. I personally really like feeling in control of my character. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather feel in control just, you know, and the surroundings being way more difficult or way more harder to get around, but knowing that I feel in control of my character, it makes it's a huge difference for me personally. Uh, right. And I really felt that once I started playing my first playthrough of it, uh, it, you feel great, dude. You start running around, you know, there, there's some little things that I feel like kind of add to the tension. You know, when you're moving, you don't necessarily like sprint, you know what I mean? And yeah. your running isn't necessarily like you're just Olympic running. You, yeah. you do like this weird sway to the right yeah. and the left. And I feel like it's cool because it's not, it's not too much of like, super difficult but it's Mm -hmm. just enough to where you think about it and when you're moving you know sometimes you'll be moving out of a door and there'll be like it'll be a zombie right there or Mm -hmm. some sort some monster waiting to get at you and you just have to uh you basically have to maneuver yourself sometimes when they're running Mm -hmm. at you because they lunge at you yeah and you have to move your shoulder to the right or the left and sometimes you don't expect how hard that is right do it and it's not just like oh it's simple i'm just going to move to the right and that's it training the zombies and kind of looping around them and dodging them can be like kind of difficult 
even yeah. though you feel like you're in control of your character it's pretty well, wild yeah the hallways are so narrow for most of the most of the games so you don't have this big open area where you can like kite them around you you're really confined to small areas for most of this game so it is it is a extremely unique setup i think they did a good job with like just the overall layout of the police station again this is like built off the original so it's not like they you know made a brand new set it's basically the same game from what i understand but it's it's just such brilliant design because so much of it feels so similar that you tend to get lost and that's kind of the point you have a map you know that you can look at and they do a really nice thing of marking what's available in a room and so you know when you've cleared oh, that's a room, huge dude which was like super helpful because i understand that wasn't in the original game which made it extremely hard to navigate because you would backtrack not knowing if you cleared out everything or picked up everything you caught possibly could you know in the sense of like ammo or, or other weapons and uh you know grenades and stuff so um that being said i think it was it, it felt really good to actually explore in this game um and it was much more of like a, a metroidvania style game than i was expecting it to be um a lot of the more modern resident evil games have gone away from a lot of the puzzle solving and backtracking and they're like way more action heavy so um this one was it was nice to go back to that old style resident evil game yeah where you have the different keys that go into certain doors um and i didn't i, I have not played resident evil 7 and i know that they did reintroduce a lot of that so i yeah. know that that's there but i mean for the you know four five and six that i have played um those those were pretty non-existent there those were more action focused so this felt like a completely different game to me um and i i enjoyed it a lot and and just finding a lot of the secrets i know you and I were both talking about um, in Leon's campaign getting the Magnum uh, pistol, and I didn't end up getting that. I was so close to actually getting the the puzzle solved, but I missed one step where I didn't realize you had to examine a certain item to find the next piece. I was Dude. like scouring the whole station for whatever that next step was, and I didn't want to look up a guide. I wanted to try and figure it out on my own, but you know, by the time I got near the end of the game, I was like, oh, I guess I missed my opportunity to get this weapon now. <laughs> so I'm just going to continue on without it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, it was it was a gameplay was fantastic. I mean, like shooting felt really good um, in all honesty for third person, like third person shooters are very hit or miss. It seems uh, this one felt very good. I mean, you know, especially when you have a zombie coming at you like you those those shots are so critical you have a limited amount of of ammunition in this game and it it it's intentionally you know designed to to make you feel like every bullet counts and Dude, if you the miss sway one is so real too the sway is very real yeah so if it's you miss so one you're like real. oh shit and then you know you try to overcorrect and shoot again and miss and it, it it's extremely tense and um one of the things i i didn't realize until like halfway through the game is like you really don't need to kill every zombie like I was going through like, oh man, I got to like clean up. No, you don't need to clean up. It you is just quite literally the opposite because <clears throat> yeah. my first playthrough, I did the same thing. I was trying to, well, I wasn't trying to down every single one, but I was definitely using most of my ammo if I yeah, had it right. and just hoping that I'll find more. And it just was realistically my biggest mistake because on my second mm -hmm. playthrough, I tried to barely use it or just maybe use a bullet, you know, yeah. just because if you go for the leg, a lot of times they stagger really hard and you can yeah. just run right past them. Huge. Changed yeah. the whole game for me. Really, That was a huge technique. When you told me that, I was like, oh, shit, man, that's so smart. Take out the leg. They fall on the ground and then they're crawling at an extremely slow rate. 
and then you can just easily run by them. You know, mm-hmm. they might they might grab you, but most of the time he'll just kick them off and you can keep going. It's wild, dude. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, that part was uh, the shooting just feels like it's so important. And I mm-hmm. like that because most games today, I feel like it's just kind of kind of basic. Like if I shoot anybody in the shoulder, it's it's going to hurt them almost as much as the head or, you know, anything like just sinking into their body where this game, you have to actually think about where you're going to be shooting the the zombie, what you're going to do as soon as you shoot him, because you can't just stand there and shoot. Right. A lot of times you're going to want to try to maneuver around them. Mm-hmm. And then they give you certain guns in the game that work so differently that you can try to kind of like be a little bit more strategic about what you're going to do. You know, in Claire's in Claire's run, you get like this uh, basically like this over glorified taser mm-hmm. uh, at the very end. And it's actually really, really smart. If you don't want to waste bullets, you can just yeah. take the zombie. But if if you do that, you can move around it at the same time while you're tasing it. Um, obviously, if you have something like a liquor in front of you, you can use like the grenade launcher. You, you just have all these different. Uh, different scenarios and guns that you can use towards that and just it's nice yeah so one other aspect of the gameplay in this that's very crucial to like the 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 experience is the addition of the tyrant who's not the addition but uh something that i'm not used to having in uh in other games like this survival horror games generally you're gonna have enemies that you clear out and then you're done you're on to the next area but um, in this game, you've got the tyrant, which you've seen, I'm sure at this point, all over the internet, memes of him, trailers of him. Uh, it's going to you. Yeah, Mr. X. He's he's this huge lumbering dude who's who's uh, introduced fairly early on in the game and um, is basically just there to hunt you down um, while you try and maneuver through this uh, police station and other aspects of the game. What was your what were your thoughts on Mr. X? Dude, he was. To me, he was the best part of the game. Yeah. Truly, because just like you said, uh, you normally just have to worry about clearing the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and this game is so opposite of that. You don't want to clear the room and you're going to have somebody chasing you the entire time, mm-hmm. which it just so it makes things so much more tense. And I honestly feel like if he wasn't in this game, it would feel a lot slower. And yeah. the game would probably... I don't want to say it wouldn't be as good because there's great elements besides X, but he's to me, he's like the cherry on top. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Uh, Both my playthroughs, I, um, I summoned him like as early as possible. I didn't realize it because I didn't know that there was something specific you had to do in in both, in both versions to where he would just start coming at you and you could technically kind of milk that and wait for a while before he actually starts coming at you for the first time. Uh, but of course, for me, both playthroughs, he started chasing me both times. Oh, no. Like, right away. <clears throat> yeah, he... So, um, you know, I, I, of course, went into this game knowing that he was a part of the game and was kind of, like, waiting for that moment where he was going to come in. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that having him in the game, like you said, it made it made situations far more tense than they normally would have been. And, like, I, <clears throat> I, I went into this game, honestly... You know, with with most horror games, I generally don't gravitate towards them just because I don't like horror just in general. Uh, I I grew up not really like playing horror games because I was afraid of them. And I still am to an extent. And that's why I haven't played Resident Evil 7 in VR, because I feel like I would just scream the entire time. I've heard that that's an experience overall. Yeah, but that is truly like horrifying at times. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to play it at some point. 
But after playing this, I feel like I have a lot more confidence to go in and play that now. So I was expecting this game to just be like jump scares left and right. And I'm going to be scared the whole time. And realistically, it was not that scary. Like coming away from it, I was like, the game wasn't that scary. There was a couple moments that legitimately I was like, I got, you know, they got me on a jump scare, but it was, it wasn't like a, like a planned story jump scare. It was like, you know, I'm just like running around the corner and there's like, oh shit, there's a dude right there. Like that spooked me. Um, but other than that, like the game itself wasn't, I didn't feel like I was scared. I was more just yeah. like uneasy the whole time, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. No, um, I, I definitely yeah. agree. X was the only one that actually got me really, really good, like on yeah. two different occasions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where I'll just bust through a door. <laughs> Bro, because you hear the, the, the footsteps, but the syncing, like the audio syncing, I'm, I'm sure they did it on purpose. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it is totally not what you think. You think he's right. on the other side of the wall and mm-hmm. he'll be like two floors down. Then yeah. sometimes he'll be thinking he's two floors down and then he's actually on the other side of the door. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 heard I've heard that even with headphones, it's not very accurate, which is kind of a bummer because I played this game just in surround sound and I felt like I was able to kind of tell where he was at for the most part. I didn't have any issues. Um, there were a couple scenarios that that I kind of ran into that where he was just on the other side of a door and I was like, oh, shit, you're right here. OK, I thought you were upstairs. Um, but I, I also didn't realize that he would despawn if you went into a safe room. So I, I basically oh. was. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I basically was trying to solve the second half of the police station with just trying to avoid him and just basically the running in circles mindset that he's going to be in any room. Possibly. Yeah. I didn't realize you had a safety until I, I was like on Twitter and saw something about, you know, Oh, you can't get me in here. And I was like, wait, no way. I mean, mm-hmm. at this point I was almost to the next part of the game where he wasn't even in the station anymore. So I was a little bummed out, but, um, yeah, I mean, it really was just, you know, I got very familiar with the map layout. I'll tell you that much. I didn't have to check the map because I knew exactly where I was because I was yeah. running in circles trying to solve puzzles. But um, yeah, I really thought the having that element in the game is is incredible. And I, I, I mean, it would still be a good game without. But that added such another level is, of yeah. just like anxiety as you're playing this game that, that just it, made it so good. There, There is like there is one moment where it's probably the best example of that is when you're running through or you know what I'm talking about because you play as Leon you're running out of the jail cells and oh like my there's gosh. just that crowd of zombies that appear mm-hmm. in front and yeah. you start to you have to figure out how to get around them just in general once yeah. you do this fool just shows up in the front door right where you need to go through and mm-hmm. you're just like in your brain you're just like oh god there's no way I'm going to be able to get through this that is like the best example knowing that you have to go through all of these and you have this guy on your tail like that was that was such a good moment because i you know there's probably 10 zombies that are in a huge group and you're in a jail cell area so you have this narrow corridor to navigate through and i was able to like kite most of them into this one room and run by most of them i only had to take down one i also didn't have very many bullets at that point that was actually one of the only moments in the game where i actually ran out of bullets Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, I, I had enough ammo for most scenarios and I never really felt like I was having to count my bullets. Like a lot of, I also just played it on normal too. So I, I maybe on harder difficulties, there'd be less ammo, but I never felt like ammo was that scarce. Uh, but this moment I had no ammo left and, um, <laughs> and I, I made it past them. And there's a couple, a couple, um, like women zombies that you kind of had to maneuver by. And I was like, man, I made it out just in time. And then, dude, he stepped right into the, it's the doorway. It's literally the perfect time. 
And it was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Of course he's going to come out right now. Like this is so mm-hmm. just, oh, it, so it makes so much sense in your head. You're just like, of course, of course, yeah. of course. I, yeah. I'm like, that was, that seemed a little too easy to get by, you know, that huge horde of zombies. Oh, no, there's X. He's, he's ready for me. So yeah, that was, that was a brilliant, brilliant time. So, uh, yeah. Have you ever um, seen him hit a, a zombie? Like as you're running away from him, no, dude, I I didn't realize that he does it, but he'll like shove them around because they're just you know filled to him as he's just in the way of getting to you. No shit. If you, if you like hit him in front of a zombie and like go around him, yeah, he'll literally just like slap the thing out of the way and just like move, please, and just keep running after you. But it's so funny because I watched That's him funny. do it to like three in a row, and it was just yeah. the greatest thing ever. Oh man, so good. So I want to move on and talk about the overall graphics, you know, the art style of this game. So this was obviously a remake, uh, remade from the ground up from the original. So I don't want to compare it to the original because that would not be fair. Um, But as a modern game in 2019, how do you think that this game looked? I mean, better than most. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Honestly, the the attention to detail is what got me in this game. Mm -hmm. Like the, Mm -hmm. the graphics are obviously gorgeous. And, you know, everything looks extremely modern, like as modern as can be. But it was really Mm -hmm. the attention to detail in some of the areas where you see blood, Mm -hmm. you know, on the floor, on the corner, splattered everywhere. And you just think like, oh, my gosh. Or, you know, you see the details in some of these uh, some of these zombies faces. I don't know why, but the women zombies always look terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have honestly no idea why, but they Every time I saw one, I was just like, holy crap. If I was in this game right now, I would scream and freak out <laughs> run like a girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because, like, they're, they're terrifying. Um, the liquors it's that, it's are... It's that ratty hair coming out. I think that's what it is, dude. It's and, just I, third... and I always hated the, the, that, uh, the ring, that same girl. So it's probably yes. the same thing. It's probably it's just giving same. me that same vibe. Yeah, they're losing um, their hair. They're, they're you know... Eating, eating brains. They're eating brains. If you, the first time you see a liquor, you're just like horrified, especially if you oh god have, have no idea about that. You know what I mean? If you don't know, if it's your first time playing, once you see that thing for the first time, you're just oh, like, yeah. oh my lord. Yeah, that was absolutely scary ass looking thing, dude. And they were mm-hmm. not easy to take down either. They're not. And just the the overall aesthetic of like the police station, I thought was awesome. Like you mm-hmm. know, because it's that older. It was like a once museum turned to a police station, so it has all right. these like really interesting, just like textures all over the some of the mm-hmm. rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the library is like a really good example of that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous. Yeah, I think they did a great job with the lighting, just lighting overall in the game. They did a good job of of areas that needed to be dimly lit. You know, mm-hmm. not still having a lot of detail, but you could tell it was just a dimly lit area or dark. Um, I mean, everything just had a like a really wet aesthetic to it. Like everything kind of just felt really like soggy and shiny and wet all over the place. Yeah. But it just, it, it felt real. Like it felt like fresh blood, like, you know, uh, what you'd expect this like chaotic outbreak to look like. Um, I, I mean, for, for a game that was originally in 97, 98 timeframe, um, this this game looks incredible dude i mean for for a modern game this is one of the best looking games i've played thus far um that the engine that they're running in is the same engine that they used in devil may cry 5 which is another game that looks extremely good insanely gorgeous i mean it's it's beautiful so capcom has a a a great engine for uh for these these games that they're putting out right now 
Um, so without spoiling anything, how did you like the story? So playing through both Leon and Claire's story uh, was similar, but they had different story beats at different points of the game. Uh, playing through both of those, Adrian, what are your overall thoughts? It it was honestly really good. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I expected it to. I thought kind of in the beginning it was going to be kind of dull. Yeah. You know, you just show up at this police station. You're just going to have to try to get out. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, especially if you don't know the story, uh, it definitely takes some really, really good turns. Mm-hmm. And like the deeper you go into like your adventure, I should say, or mm-hmm. where you're headed, it yeah. just starts to more and more. You're like, oh, man, this is getting way crazier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. And it and on both ends, like for Claire or for Leon, it, that dissension uh, totally happens. And it it's dope. It's it's cool because it's literally like, you know, two sides to of the same coin. You, you're mm-hmm. you know what you're going through, especially if you're going through the second playthrough. But there is truly just enough to me at least i it felt fresh it didn't it wasn't this entirely different game but it's cool to kind of go through those events again knowing you know what you know but mm-hmm. seeing the differences and you can be like oh okay this makes sense oh, okay that actually is really cool you know little things like that i thought it was i thought it was great because it was just enough uh meat mm-hmm. to chew on essentially through the story um, yeah and i really like the way i like the way it ends especially on claire's side yeah so i only played leon's a story so i did not play claire a um which i'm a little bummed out and i'm definitely going to go back and replay it because i um i rented it from redbox um and i only had it for a couple days so i just wanted to get through the get through the main campaign just so i have an understanding um you know because there's there's quite a few games coming out you know this year that i'm going to be playing and i felt like Man, I have a small window of, of playing Resident Evil. I might as well jump in since I didn't pick up Anthem. And that's basically what I did. Instead of getting Anthem, I just grabbed Resident Evil to play through. Um, so I definitely intend to go back and play. But that being said, Leon's story was, um, I was also pleasantly surprised with how it turned out. I didn't have very high expectations going in because I knew that this was a remake of a game from 20 years ago. And I know that stories... We're definitely good back then, but they're not anywhere near the modern storytelling that we have in games nowadays, yeah. um, you know, with Red Dead Redemption, with games like The Last of Us, with, you know, all these fantastic stories that are being told. How is a 20 year old game going to stack up? That's basically a survival horror zombie game, right? Like how generic is the story going to be? Whatever. Um while it definitely had some signs of age shown there, uh, I think the majority of the story was very good. Um, I think the pacing was good. Like I never felt like any part was dragging on too long. Like once you get to a point where you're ready to leave a place, it seems like you're on to the next area. And um, the, the twist at the ending was good. I mean, I definitely didn't see that coming for sure. So yeah. I, and and it definitely left me with some questions at the end. Like, what's going to happen in the next game because again these are the early resident evil games i played through uh i didn't play through but i've played uh, a few times the first game so i'm I'm familiar with that in the mansion but i did not play two i did not play three i didn't play any of the early spinoff games so i don't know much of the lore of what happened in those early games to these characters so i'm like man what happened in resident evil 3 now like i want to go check that out and see like how that story continues we're all just wait for the next remake. <laughs> yeah. So um, speaking of remake, um, what would you like to see next for the franchise? 
So do you think Capcom should move on to Resident Evil 8 and make the next proper installment in the franchise? Or would you like to see a remake of Resident Evil 3 next? I'm kind of that, like, why not both situation. I kind of feel like it would be cool to think about it from basically from looking at it like this, like next year, uh, let's say Resident Evil 8 comes out. Then the year after that, you know, the remake of 3 comes out. Yeah. And then the year after that, Resident Evil 9 comes out or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they remake 4, that'd be, that'd be insane. Uh, and it'd be cool to look at it from that point of view because then you're, it's like you're revisiting the past and you're, and you're putting yeah. so much life back into these stories that were already loved by people, but clearly right. there is an opportunity to do even more with it. And then mm-hmm. you can also further the actual story that's going on in the future mm-hmm. uh, by going, you know, by going above uh, and beyond from seven. I think it'd be yeah. cool to look at it from that point of view every year. You can do one mm-hmm. of the. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that seems like the most likely route is I think we see eight next and then followed by a remake of three, followed by nine, followed by four, et cetera. Um, this franchise is coming up very quickly on 100 million units shipped worldwide all time. So wild. So this is by far Capcom's biggest franchise. Um, it's twice as much, more than twice as much uh, as Street Fighter and uh, Monster Hunter. So they definitely have a huge fan base of people. Uh, and a lot of people who have not experienced those early games uh, like us. So I think it would be great to be able to go back and revisit those. I know they remade Resident Evil 1 um, you know, years ago, and it's coming out uh, soon on Switch. They're doing like a, like a collection of Zero and Resident yeah. Evil, the original, um, in, a, in a little package. So they're, they're allowing people to go back and replay those early games, but they're, they're not modern versions. They're more remasters mm-hmm. than they are remakes. Um, so it'd be really nice to see like a full true remake like they did in this style where it's modernized controls it's you know modern graphics um you know keep keep the base story add in a couple twists like they did here with this and uh and and let people really experience this franchise and then you know there's bigger payoff when you have callbacks in some of the other games to early ones because people are a little bit more familiar with them yeah i think it gives you more time to work on the future too if you have you know if you don't have to worry about the future game coming out the next year because you're working on the remake, you have more time to invest in, okay, well, what do we really want to accomplish with, let's say eight or nine or 10, mm-hmm. you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, it, I think it just gives more opportunity to get better in both the remakes and the future sequels yeah. that might happen to it. it. Just sounds like a good idea. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, Resident Evil seven was a huge return to form for Capcom with this series. A lot of fans came back to the franchise after kind of getting burned by six and yeah. uh, not very many people. I mean, five was five, I, I believe, is the, the best selling of the entire franchise. So clearly there were a lot of people, but it was not the core game that Resident Evil was originally. It was more of an action game, um, kind of building on the foundation that four set. Uh, but seven was a, a true return to form. And they also introduced a first-person approach, so it was more of an FPS survival horror game. Um, what do you prefer between RE7's first-person style or this remake where you've got the over-the-shoulder third-person combat? I, um, 
I definitely think I like the third person more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of just like third person in general a little bit more than first person sometimes. And I mm-hmm. played, you know, to be honest, I played more first person games, I think, growing up. Yeah. Than anything else. So it's not like I don't like them. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I think there's something great about third person especially when you get to see your character i feel like in the weirdest way you like connect with your character on a higher or like a deeper level yeah um so it's kind of cool you don't feel so just like anonymous mm-hmm. as the character that you are uh, if it's first person right but i definitely i definitely think i like the third person more i'm not opposed to it if they keep making the future games in first person like that's that's fine i'm not going to be like mad about it i'll, I'll definitely right. still be into it right. uh, i think i would prefer the third person a little bit more though yeah, I agree. Sure. I, I I really do like the control scheme with the third person. I think it makes it inherently less scary that way, though, because you have a bit more visibility That's as to thing. like what's around you. So there's yeah. a bit of a trade off with that. Uh, whereas in Resident Evil Seven, they can really lean more into like jump scares because they happen more naturally. If you turn a corner, you don't know what's around that corner. You don't have a way to pan the camera around and see before you enter a room or enter. An- to a doorway or turn the corner so no, you're totally right. um i think yeah i mean i think there's benefits to doing first person for sure but i feel like first person for resident evil feels too generic if that makes sense so many games are first person now and it's it's kind of ubiquitous with with most games that we're playing nowadays um that having a good third person game like an uncharted or like a last of us um it, it feels very special and there's something that you can really do with storytelling. Um, I think, like you said, just being able to see your character. Just because you see the character, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a very different experience for sure. And I think um, uh, between the two, I think that this series would benefit more with the, that third-person approach. Yeah, even forward. the cool thing was like the costumes. Like I, yeah. I didn't say earlier when we were talking about the graphics, but dude, Leon and Claire both look so good in this yeah. game yes so good and they feel so alive like when you're mm-hmm. when you're playing as them they they do these little things that you would just you would do yourself you know what i mean they they stutter to themselves mm-hmm. or like kind of like mumble certain things mm-hmm. uh or just like little things like that and it's just wild it's wild how like real they look and so one of the cool and just like funky funny things that i always feel like is around when it comes to resident evil is like in this game it shows it more too is like the costumes like you wouldn't be able to have that if you had first person or at least it probably wouldn't be as effective. Right. Um, yeah. You would the see costumes are, cut scenes and that. Yeah, that's really it. Um, but some of the costumes are, are like one, they're pretty cool. And then some of them mm-hmm. are just really kind of funny Yeah, and just kind of like awesome to, to be able to work and uh, kind of go for, let's say I want to get a higher grading so I can get these costume unlocks. Um, right. Little things like that. Like it's, it's just a nice touch. It's not necessarily game changing, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I still think the person is a little bit more the way to go in this case. I agree. I hope I hope that's what they move forward with in the mainline franchise too. Not not doing first person for the new games and third for the old. Like I think just moving forward with third would be like really good. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, Adrian, overall, would you say that Resident Evil Two is a must buy, a rent, a wait for a sale, or skip completely? So. um I'll definitely say I do not think it's a uh, uh, wait for sale or skip completely. I think even if you're not the biggest uh, horror fan out there, 
it's definitely mm-hmm. worth playing mm-hmm. completely. You know, it's not it's not so survival heavy to where you're just running away from monsters. Uh, I love the fact that you get to to really fight back in this game, and and in a lot of ways you can really give it to to those evil doers. Uh, <laughs> and and it, and it feels good, man. It feels good when you just use a grenade launcher on this freaking nasty looking monster, and you're just like, "Yep, mm-hmm. I just took that fool down." Uh, little things like that. Like it's not always just like horrified, but don't right. get me wrong. There is some mega spooky moments in this game, especially when you're playing by yourself, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with some headphones on in the middle of the night, it can get pretty, uh, it can get pretty spooky. But yeah, I think if you have even a little interest in, uh, horror or if you, if, even if you just saw this game and you have interest, I think it's definitely worth a buy and just, uh, just checking it out. Um, I don't really see how anybody could truly be disappointed playing this game just personally. Yeah, that's a good, good take. So I, uh, I think if you're a fan of survival horror games or just horror or horror genre in general, I think this is definitely a must buy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely the best resident evil game that I've played. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's so well contained. Like the story is so tight. There's not very much fat on there. Like it's like very to the point and, and direct. And I really think that, it is a relatively short campaign, so um, that might be a turnoff for some people. But if you do play through both uh, Leon and Claire's campaign, you're looking probably about 12 hours. Um, one of the campaigns is about seven. I got through Leon's in just under seven. So um, if you're not a fan of uh, horror games, survival horror, uh, I would say that this game is uh, worth waiting for a sale. Um, I truly think that even though it was a, a good game, I, I think it was a, rather a great game. I think that this game would have been perfect at thirty nine ninety nine if it launched at that price point. I think yeah, it would have been fair. I think it would have been like I would have jumped on it for sure. I was a little hesitant, even though the reviews were good, that it's a sixty dollar game. that's basically a remake of a 20 year old game. You yeah. know, a lot of uh, like looking at the Crash trilogy remake, the Spyro trilogy remake. Um, hell, even the Ratchet and Clank remake that they made, those all came in at the 39 price point, which was like perfect because that's like uh, still in that impulse territory, I think, for a lot of people. But um, it, it still shows that there's a quality game back there. It's not just like a you know 15 or $20 experience. You know that you're getting something good, meaty. Um, so I, I, I think that if you're not into the survival horror or just scary games in general, um, I think this is de- definitely worth waiting for a sale on. Um, if you can get this game at a good price, like 39 or less, then I absolutely say jump on it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you even have uh, free content for it now, too. There's like three different modes that just mm-hmm. came out for it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's uh, there's still something else coming. So it's just like there's just a lot. Of, there's, there can be a lot of content if you're interested in it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, there's the you've got the two campaigns to play through, and then you can go through a B side campaign that's going to be a little bit different and give you the true ending. Um, so if you are uh, a completionist or you want to see this all the way through, I mean, realistically, that's like four campaigns, right? That's four campaigns. A lot of it is going to be retreading the same ground, so it's not like four individually different campaigns. So yeah, just understand that you'll be seeing a lot of the same stuff but if you're willing to stick through that there's a lot of uh, additional content there or small secret type endings that that will you know be worth your while so uh adrian i want to thank you for joining me today where can people find you online i have a uh an instagram and a twitter both under the uh 
username AD2Sterling. I make music. I now have two albums out under the name uh, VDRIVN. Uh, it just says Adrian, but the A's are flipped to V's. And then I have a YouTube channel. I uh, used to go under Sanctified02 because that's the name that I use when I play video games. But now it's just under Adrian Sterling. So it's just kind of kind of easy to find me. Sweet. Well, very good. And once again, if you have any gaming-related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYEPodcast or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free, gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you consume the show on, and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, elementalists.